Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. I hope all of you are having fantastic Wednesdays wherever across the country or the world you may be. Thanks for spending your time with Outkick the Coverage and starting off your day rolling with us. A couple of little uh, details that are, uh, I, I think, potentially significant down the road. Uh, first of all, yesterday you should have gone and downloaded the podcast. We spent a ton of time talking about Urban Meyer uh, leaving Ohio State and what the overall impact of that decision is going to be. That news broke right about uh, 7.45-ish uh, yesterday morning Eastern time. So uh, we unpacked that uh, live on the radio yesterday. I think it's pretty solid. Uh, the fallout from that decision continues. Urban Meyer was asked whether or not he was going to uh, consider this to be the end of his coaching career. He kind of waffled either direction, said he thinks it is. Let me go ahead and tell you this right now. It's not the end of Urban Meyer's coaching career at Ohio State. He's not going to ride off into the sunset and never be heard from again at the age of 54 as a coach. I don't think anybody out there listening to me right now believes that. And I don't know whether Urban Meyer is delusional and he deludes himself into believing things that everyone can see are not truthful 
And there could be some aspect of that in his personality because in order sometimes to be a successful coach, you have to be able to convince other people of things that don't seem to be objectively true because it leads to them performing at a much higher level than they otherwise could have. And what I mean by that is the mind is so powerful that if you can convince someone that they can do something, they often can do it. And, and that's a, a, a really powerful thought, especially in the world of sports. And the analogy I always like to use to prove that is Roger Bannister was the first man to break a four-minute mile. People had been trying to break a four-minute mile throughout human history. As soon as Roger Bannister did it, a bunch of other people immediately did it too because they knew that the human body was capable of it because their mind allowed them to go places that they hadn't been before. So much of success in life is first believing that success is possible. And I use Urban Meyer as an example of that because I think Urban Meyer, like many coaches, is very good at delusion convincing players they are better than they are, convincing players that if they buy in, they will have success. And I think Urban Meyer is also often deluding himself, which is why he lies so incredibly often. He's a congenital liar because in many senses of the word, he's a con man. He convinces himself of things that may not be true in an effort to make them true. And so I don't buy at all into the idea that Urban Meyer is done coaching at the age of 54. I think he'll sit out a year. I think he'll feel healthier. I think he will realize, wait a minute, what am I going to do with all of this time? His kids are getting up and they're out of the house by and large. He's got this huge space of time to fill. What's he going to do? Be a special assistant at Ohio State? And really feel fulfilled by that? No, there's no way. By this time next year, Urban Meyer will be the number head co- number one head coaching candidate in America. And there will be a lot of schools that are throwing 8 nine, or $10 million a year at him. And he's going to take a job. And I said yesterday that I think he's going to take the USC job. I think that's where he's going to end up. So that is a story to pay attention to over the next year. Number one coaching candidate in America, it's Urban Meyer. Every time a decent-sized job comes open, Urban Meyer is going to be rumored to take it, and eventually he will, and he'll come back to coaching. How will Ryan Day do? I have no idea. You have no idea. The best-case scenario, Lincoln Riley-esque. He'll come in like Oklahoma's offensive coordinator did. He'll step right into that job, and he'll be rolling, and there'll be absolutely zero concern with how he's going to do And he'll take the program to the next level and there'll be more consistency and the defensive side of the ball will get fixed. All of that could potentially happen. Or he can be in over his head. And we can see that Urban Meyer still mattered a great deal to the success of the Ohio State program. So we will have to to see how that transpires as, uh, as that transition occurs. And we'll also have to wait a year from now, put a pin in this conversation, We will be talking about Urban Meyer, I believe, being a head coach at a new football program. USC is my prediction. I think USC will come open, even though, news here, USC hired Cliff Kingsbury as their new offensive coordinator. I think that's as good of a hire as USC could have hoped to make. We will see exactly how that goes with JT Daniel 
and everything else that is put together there at SC, can Cliff Kingsbury make a substantial difference? Now, here's a larger context issue. You hired Clay Helton to be the guy who would handle the offensive side of the ball. You've basically fired everybody else on this coaching staff. What is Clay Helton there for now? If Cliff Kingsbury is going to come in and be the offensive guru, and you hired Clay Helton because he was an offensive coach, isn't he completely a figurehead already? And the success or failure of USC now pretty much squarely on Cliff Kingsbury? Why is Clay Helton still the head coach other than the fact that you signed him to multiple bad contracts and you're not able to get out of them? I I just don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me in that context. Uh, On top of that, uh, we have another uh, pretty substantial news, I think, in the world of college football, and that is that Kelly Bryant, the transfer quarterback from Clemson, went on a tour, visited schools all over the country to try to decide where he wanted to finish his college football career, and last night he announced that he would be going to Missouri. It's a really big get for Missouri football coach Barry Odom, uh, the offensive coordinator there, Derek Dooley, who a lot of people have not paid attention to. Mizzou was really pretty good last year. Uh, they went 8-4. and four. They could have easily been 10-2 and two if it doesn't start to rain at South Carolina and they don't turn the ball over like three times in about five minutes. They end up losing on the final play of the game. And they lost literally on the final play of the game against Kentucky. If both of those losses don't happen, Missouri's like the number five or six team in the country sitting at 10-2, and two, and uh, and they're playing in a major, major bowl game. So, I say that for this reason. Missouri's going to be pretty good next year. Now with Kelly Bryant, they also got an Arkansas grad transfer. There's a, a lot of reason for optimism at, uh, at, at Missouri based on how Barry Odom and Derek Dooley are doing together. Um, and Derek Dooley is in the process, if you remember him as the former University of Tennessee coach, of resuscitating his college coaching career. Because if he has back-to-back really good years as an offensive coordinator, he's still a relatively young guy. He may get an opportunity to go coach somewhere else again as well. So that is uh, that is worth paying attention to. Those are stories that are hanging around out there. Yesterday, because of the Urban Meyer news, we did not get into top five, bottom five in our uh, NFL rankings as we usually do on this show. So when we come back out of this next break, I will give you the top five and the bottom five in the NFL according to OutKick, my rankings of the top five and the bottom five teams in the NFL. We'll then talk with John Campbell from Odd Shark, get you ready for gambling as we head into the weekend uh, with the NFL, the 13th game of the NFL season as we head into the final quarter of the NFL season. Hour two, we'll do uh, the uh, anonymous mailbag live on the air. I will solve any problems that you have. I humbly call myself the King Solomon of the internet and Sports Talk Radio. I will solve any questions that you guys have in hour two. And then in hour three, we're scheduled to talk with Richard Sherman, uh, the uh, the now San Francisco 49er uh, football player. We'll see how that goes. He's scheduled to uh, to be on the show. So that is where we are headed. Again, when we come back, I will give you my top five and bottom five teams in the NFL, and we will be uh, off and rolling there. Also talk a little bit about the uh, the playoff picture 
in the NFL. Then we'll be joined by John Campbell at the end of hour one. In the meantime, using TrueCar, you can easily find the car you want. With True Price from TrueCar, you can avoid the confusion you encounter online by getting a great price you can count on before you ever visit a dealership. The True Price includes all dealer fees and accessories. TrueCar will show you what other people in your area paid for the car you want. Now you know what a fair price is, so you can feel confident and your certified dealers know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. Over 3 million cars have been sold to TrueCar users by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. There are over 15,000 TrueCar Certified Dealers nationwide. TrueCar users save an average of over three grand off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Up next, top five, bottom five. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let me first start with the uh, top five teams in the NFL. This is the list of excellence that is out there hanging right now. And I'll go in reverse order starting at number five. In the five spot, I've got the New England Patriots. Now, the Patriots are going on the road against the Miami Dolphins. They are one and four, both against the number and straight up in their last five trips to Miami. So we'll see whether or not the Patriots, who are sitting right now at nine and three, are able to continue their solid march towards being able to grab overall a bye and maybe once more, Overall, the number one seed in the AFC. Again, they are sitting at 9-3. and three. This is a little bit of a landmine game for the New England Patriots as they go on the road against the Miami Dolphins. But I have got them firmly slotted in at number five. At the number four spot, this may surprise a few people, but what I saw from the Chargers in the second half on uh, Sunday night was so good that I have got them solidly penciled in at the number four spot also at nine and three they're only two losses early in the year they lost to both uh, I believe the Rams and the Chiefs if I'm not mistaken early in the year the Chargers did and then they lost on a last second field goal on the way uh, on the road in mile high not any bad losses on their resume and that win over the Steelers I thought solidified them as a major factor in the NFL going forward. So I've got the Chargers pegged in at 9-3. and three. In the three spot, I've got the Kansas City Chiefs sitting pretty solidly at 10-2. and two. But I do wonder, we've got an excellent matchup coming up this weekend between the number one overall offense in the NFL, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. And they are going up against the number one overall defense in the NFL. And that's the Baltimore Ravens as Lamar Jackson will get, I believe, his fourth straight start. So what is likely to happen there with the Chiefs, uh, the number one offense going up against number one defense? Do the Chiefs have the, uh, the ability to stay above the New England Patriots? Because remember, they're only a half game up right now because the Patriots have the tie break on the Chiefs. So as we come down the final stretch... That Thursday night game. So they play on Sunday against the Ravens. That's a tough game. And then the final Thursday night football game of the year, I believe, not tomorrow, but the week after, is the Chiefs going up against the Chargers, who will be coming into town. Not only are the Chargers potentially going after the Chiefs in the AFC West, but the Chiefs are under siege as well 
as it pertains to the overall number one seed in the AFC from the Patriots. So we'll see how all of this plays out down the stretch. But right now, I've got the Chiefs in my three spot. In the two spot, I have got the Rams, who are also sitting at 10-2. and two. And then I have the New Orleans Saints coming off that Thursday night football loss to the Dallas Cowboys. I still have them at the number one overall team in the NFL because, to me, that 13-10 loss was a bad look for the Saints, but also they gave basically their D-level game and they still had a really good chance to beat the Dallas Cowboys. Credit to the Dallas Cowboy defense for how well they played and everything else, but still the Saints sitting at 10-2, and I believe, are the best team in the NFL. So my top five, number one Saints, number two Rams, number three Chiefs, number four Chargers, number five the New England Patriots. All right, let's go to the list of sadness, the weakness. These are the worst teams in the NFL. These are teams that, in theory, are already preparing for the NFL draft and who they might take at the top of the draft board. And we'll start off in the 28th spot with the Detroit Lions. And let me say this, by the way. Even the list of awfulness, most of the teams that are bad in the NFL have started to, uh, to to pick up their game such that the awfulness is not as awful as it has been earlier in the season. Because you look at the Detroit Lions and you're like, well, yeah, they're not very good. You know, They're sitting at, I believe it's 4-8 and eight right now. But they beat the New England Patriots. And they also were good enough just a couple of weeks ago to, uh, to beat the Carolina Panthers. And but for a couple of late interceptions on Thanksgiving – they very well may have beaten the Chicago Bears. So the bottom part of the NFL is actually not as bad as it uh, as it has been earlier in the year because they're starting to round into shape. Uh, in the 29th spot, I've got the Cardinals, and this also speaks to the fact that the Cardinals are playing decent football right now. They're 3-9, and nine, yes, but they just got Mike McCarthy fired. They just went on the road in uh, Green Bay and took down uh, the uh, the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. So I have got the Arizona Cardinals at 29. In the 30 spot, in the 30 spot, I have got the New York Jets. I believe that the Jets, sitting at 3-9, and nine, played a pretty decent game against Tennessee Titans. I watched them in person with uh, Josh McCown, 39-year-old Josh McCown. Sam Darnold has been out, but the Jets have been decent. They weren't awful against the New England Patriots the week before. I actually think they're going to give the Buffalo Bills a, uh, a run for their money. And I realize that I don't have the Buffalo Bills right now in the bottom five. And that's a sign of maybe the Bills getting a little bit better. I don't know. But it wouldn't shock me if the Jets won that game. And then we go out to the Bay Area, the saddest part of our nation's uh, entire football playing region. We have got the Oakland Raiders slotted in at 31, uh, sitting at 2-10. and 10, And then the San Francisco 49ers, are sitting as well at 2-10 and 10 also. So all of those teams, uh, the bottom five again, the Detroit Lions, the Arizona Cardinals, the Jets, the Raiders, the 49ers, those are my bottom five. My top five, the Saints, the Rams, the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Patriots. That is top five, bottom five. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Lady. 
Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I have a bullet constrictor stuck to my face. And you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. All right, Danny G, what you got for me? All right, Clay, you gave me the green light to go ahead and cover this story. Officials in the Yukon have now conducted a necropsy on the grizzly bear that fatally mauled a 37-year-old mother and her 10-month-old infant daughter. Valerie Theore was killed outside her cabin in Canada a couple Mondays ago. Her husband, Germond, was charged by that same bear upon returning from his trap line. He shot the grizzly bear dead before making the horrifying discovery that his family was dead. Oh, this is the worst story yeah, ever. I know. Was and this Alaska or was it Canada? Canada, the Yukon. Um, so this guy is like a trapper out in the mm-hmm. in the Canadian outback or whatever. He goes out to check and see whether or not his uh, I don't know what's he trapping seals. I, I don't I don't even have any idea what you're trapping out there. Comes back home and a grizzly bear has killed his wife and his and his baby, and then he shoots the grizzly bear and kills it. He kills it before even knowing what had happened at his cabin. Wow. Crazy. Wow. And now this study that they've done on it, it allows them to see what the bear had been eating, and it maybe helps them uh, you know, as far as knowing what was going on with the behavior of the animal prior to the attack. Man, that's an awful story. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, grizzly bear, um, man, uh you know, that's what I always said, like, up there as we get closer to the Arctic, the grizzly bear and the polar bear are mating. And I'm not kidding about this. They now have created, like, a super bear. It's called the Pizzly Bear. That's what they're calling it. I don't know, you know, the polar and the grizzly mix. This is one of – and I'm not making this up. They have done DNA tests to confirm that the polar bear and the grizzly bear, due to the polar bear habitat, like, uh, is shrinking – and the grizzly bear habitat is expanding as it gets warmer or whatever, and they now are coming into contact with each other, mm. and they're breeding and creating a pizzly bear. What a horrible story. Officials in the Yukon say that the study they just did helps them understand the broader health, whether or not the animal was suffering in some way or was plagued by a disease maybe that was affecting its ability to move or think or eat in the normal way that a bear would. This is only the third attack from a bear there in the last 22 years. What else we got? All right. A Florida woman is what they're calling incredibly lucky to be alive after she was nearly killed by a fiercely protective mama hippo while on a dream vacation to Africa. Kristen Yaldor of Odessa decided to celebrate her 37th birthday with a big trip to South Africa and Zimbabwe with her husband, Ryan, the Tampa Bay Times reports. And then uh, it talks about how they were floating down this uh, Zambezi River along with two tour guides when the hippo came up under the canoe, tossed it into the air, sending Kristen and everyone into the water. Her husband managed to swim to a nearby island. The hippo chomped down on Kristen's leg, snapping her femur. Oh, she Let me just say this. Let me pause oh, for man. a sec here. It seems like hippos are attacking people in canoes on a regular basis which raises me the interesting question why are you getting in a canoe in an african river that is filled with hippos when i have been in canoes like just canoeing in like tennessee where i live it's easy to flip over a canoe and also the canoe doesn't provide very much protection 
it seems to me if you were telling me, hey, this African river is full of crocodiles and hippos and everything else, maybe don't get in the canoe. Like, who are these people deciding to get in the canoes? Thrill seekers. Uh, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> luckily, I wouldn't do it. Luckily for her, she survived the attack. Kristen did. She's still in intensive care in South Africa. I mean, are you out with me that if I go to Africa and somebody says, "Hey, this hippo and crocodile infested river is right there," do you want to get into a canoe? My answer every single time is going to be no. I like to live the DBAP philosophy but you also need to live the sbap philosophy sometimes be a pussy willow if somebody says hey that crocodile and hippo infested river we can put you in a canoe and you can go down it i'm not doing it that's not my idea of an african safari why would you go to africa and get in a canoe that seems to me to be a recipe for disaster i would expect the whole time that i was in the canoe that an angry hippo was going to flip my canoe and that he might attack me. Am I crazy for believing this? Let's go around the horn. Dub, if you were in Africa and somebody said, hey, do you want to get into this canoe and go down this crocodile and hippo infected, infested, maybe not infected is not the right word, but infested river, would you get in a canoe and do that? I don't understand all these people. Like, I understand if you go on an African safari and you're in like, a car or a big jeep and it goes much faster than a animal could run and it's relatively difficult i have yet to hear maybe it's happened but i have yet to hear of an animal like grabbing hold of a uh, person in a car with like the windows up and everything and yanking them out and killing them maybe it's happened Now, if it's an open-air Jeep, I guess the animal could theoretically like just yank you right out. But I feel like it's easier and you're better able to control the Jeep. And the Jeep can actually go faster than the animal. Whereas I feel like an alligator, crocodile, a, a hippo, all of them can swim faster than a canoe can go. So it's not like you can be like, oh, there's a dangerous thing. Plus, in the like in the land... We are a land-based animal. I know if there are other animals around me. When you are in the water, you have no idea what's underneath you. So the amount of time that you can have to react is infinitesimally small. So, Dub, am I just totally being a pussy willow here? Or would you also not want to get in a canoe in an African river that was filled with crocodiles and hippos? Yeah, I don't really care how big the boat is. If there's waters that have hippos in them, I am officially out. Those things are looking for trouble. I mean, they kill more people than than I think any other animal on the planet every year. So if there's hippos involved, I am out. Yeah, I, look, I understand a bigger boat. Like if you have a boat that is massive, and I know the boat could still get attacked or it could still turn over or whatever else. I think if it's a big boat, you have to take your chances. Like if like the people who got who died in the Titanic back in the day to me that's a rough break because by and large really big boats don't sink and if they do sink they take so long to sink that everybody's going to be okay right canoes get flipped all the time like you could just have a bad guide who hits a rapid a little bit wrong and you could get flipped even if the even if the hippo doesn't flip you there's a zero percent chance that i'm getting in a canoe you know how i'm going to end up dying 
somebody's going to uh, going to bully me into getting in a canoe in a- in Africa and then a hippo is just going to flip us over and I'm going to be like <laughs> as I'm in the air in the air as I'm in the air after the hippo flips us over I'm going to be thinking to myself I knew I should have never gotten in this canoe why did I go on an African safari there were all these other things I could have done on vacation that didn't end in death and now I'm in the air about to land in the water and get eaten by a hippo am I Eddie Garcia you're a reasonable person would you get you just had a big vacation for your 10th year wedding anniversary I think it was you went all over Europe I bet you didn't do a single thing that was really dangerous you went to London you went to Paris you went to Croatia what would it take for you to be like hey you know what I'm going to do for fun I'm going to get in a canoe and go buy all these hippos and crocodiles in an African river. What would it take a giant, giant pile of cash for me to even consider something like that? I wouldn't even I go on safari to begin with, frankly. I don't. I, I can't see myself doing that. I'm sure there are many wonders of nature that you could see, but I don't know. I could watch that on TV or something. I don't. My need to go argument, there. yeah, this is my thing. My argument on the safari in general is, I have been to Disney World with my kids a bunch of times. Tell me what I'm going to see on the safari that I don't see on the Animal Kingdom ride at Disney World. If you've ever been on the Animal Kingdom ride at Disney World, they take you through. It's a make-believe African safari, and you see every animal that you would see on the safari uh, in Africa in about a 15-minute ride in Orlando, Florida from a safe Jeep with all the animals unable to hurt you. Why would you not choose to do that? Like I, The first time I did that ride... I said, wow, that ride is incredible. And I said, I think it's better than actually being in Africa doing it on a safari because the animals are all really close to you. It only takes 15 minutes and you know they can't hurt you. And then you come back home and you can go get a Mickey Mouse ice cream ear. And and you know what you can do? You can drink the water and not die. And also you don't get malaria. That seems to me to be an infinitely better version of the African safari that I get to do in an Orlando, Florida theme park. And then I can go ride Everest, which is a roller coaster. I don't think there are any great African roller coasters like that, not that I've heard of anyway. So I don't get it. I would have to be paid a ton of money to get into a canoe and go, you know what? And I think people naturally don't trust canoes. Like, I'll tell you this. Down in Florida this past summer, we have a barrier uh, lake right by where we have our place in Florida. And I got my boys, uh, and I was like, you know what? We're going to go canoe. It's a small little barrier lake, and it, barrier lakes are really cool. It's like in the panhandle of Florida. It's a lake that is only separated from the ocean by like 150 yards. So you can get in the canoe, and you can canoe to the edge of the lake, and then you can get out and walk to the ocean, and they're separated by like a, 150 yards. It's amazing. And there's all sorts of cool wildlife. You can walk around in the lake. There's crabs. There's cool fish. It's a sandy bottom lake. Uh, There aren't really any alligators in there, I am told. But there is a beware of alligator sign. My boys were terrified to get into the canoe and go out on the water. And that's alligators, which really don't do that much uh, damage by and large in the grand scheme of things. They don't harm people that often. And the people there say there are no alligators in those lakes because the lakes are too salty and the alligators don't like them. And also, if they ever do see an alligator, they remove it. So if they did have any, they would be tiny, right? But my point here is there is a natural disinclination for people to get into canoes. If you are just a kid, you're like, no, I don't want to get into that canoe. So 
your natural biology is don't get in the canoe. Are you with me, Roberto? No canoe here. No canoe, man. No canoe. I, I've been in a cruise. I like being out in the water, but canoe, surrounded by hippos and all that, nah, I ain't doing that. I'm not even a huge cruise guy. We did the Disney Family Cruise. This, oh, that's what it. we did on vacation last time. Um, I just I don't like being stuck on a boat. But at least, again, my same theory on the Titanic, if your cruise ship goes down, that's a bad break, right? That's a bad beat in gambling terms. Like the odds of a huge ship going down – are really low. Happens every now and then. Yeah, I thought there was a while there. I think we were like back-to-back. They were going down for a while there. They had that one ship that they grounded, and a bunch of people died in Italy. Massive cruise ship. Yeah, where the 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 captain was the first one to get off, I believe. Yeah, the captain was the first one to get off, and I can't even imagine the feeling of being a cruise ship captain when you hit something. You know how nervous you get when you parallel park? Imagine if your only (laughs) job is to be the cruise ship captain, and then you hit something with the cruise ship, like, and you start to think, uh-oh, I might have just Titanicked my cruise ship. That has to be, I, I imagine, the worst nightmare that any captain could have. And then you certainly have to go down with the ship. Like, you have to go find the part of the ship that's flooded and just jump in there and pretend that you're trying to fix the. I mean, in all honesty, if you're the captain who hits something and it starts to flood, you got to go down there with like uh, with like a, a broom and a mop and everything else and try to plug the hole. Either that or go room by room and make sure everybody is out of there before he gets out of there. No, I think you got to be in the water. If you're the captain who hits something, you got to go straight in the water, and you got to be like, "Man, I'm trying to, I'm trying to plug this hole." You got to get your fingers in there. You got to do whatever you can, and you got to be the only person that drowns if somebody drowns on the ship. But that's a bad beat. That's a big ship. I'm saying, in general, get me on a on a like. I just I don't understand this decision. I don't understand this decision, and inevitably, to me, you get into a canoe you're going to get flipped over by a hippo and attacked by either a hippo or a crocodile. Yeah, that's is anybody like Dan, Is there anybody who would get in a canoe on this show on an African safari? No, no, no canoe. What I- would it take money-wise? <laughs> what would it take money for you to get into a canoe on an African safari? 50000 Fifty grand, you'd do if, it. If Wait. I was in the fast part of the river, because I was reading an article here, you're so right about the canoe, by the way, because it's safer to be in a raft on the faster part of the river. It says the canoe in the upper river area where it's going slow, that's where the crocodiles and the hippos are. Those breeds do not like the fast-moving water. So the faster part of the river, the safer you are. I don't even care what part of the river I'm in. If there well, are if they're gonna pay you though, hippos, if they're gonna pay you though, I'll be give me fifty thousand and put me in a raft in the fast part. So you would do it for fifty thousand yeah. dollars. All right. What about you, uh, Eddie Garcia? How much money would it take for you to go down the Zambezi River in a canoe? Oh boy. Um Especially knowing these stories, right? It's not like you you know that there are people getting flipped and how do they even allow this to continue, by the way? These are confirmed crocodiles in the river. I know the hippos too. But It says some large crocodiles do walk into the gorge from the upper river and others do inhabit larger, quieter pools, but they stay away from the fast-moving water. Yeah. Th- th- first of all, are you really going to rely on the... F- you can't distinguish between the fast-moving water and the slow-moving water because the crocodile sometimes would be in the fast-moving water too. 
So, and if you get flipped, are you going to think, oh, uh, I'm glad I'm in the fast-moving water. Now I don't have to worry about the crocodiles and the hippos. Yeah. No. All you'd have to worry about is Victoria Falls coming Yeah, up. yeah, going over <laughs> going the Going down the falls. drop. Honestly, I'd rather go over the falls than get attacked by a hippo or a crocodile. Not that I want to go over the falls, but at least going over the falls, like, you know, you, you know it's going to be relatively fast uh, death, I would imagine, as opposed to getting dragged around by a crocodile or an alley, uh, a crocodile or a hippo. How much money does it take for you, Eddie? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. My life is worth worth twice as much as Danny. So I'm gonna go hundred thousand. <laughs> what about you, Dub? You're the youngest. Theoretically, you have the most years of life you left. How much money would it take for you to go down an African river in a canoe? Are there piranhas in Africa? I don't think so. I think piranhas are in uh, South, South America. America. Yeah. Okay, because that was one factor I was trying to weigh in on this. Because if there's piranhas and uh, crocodiles and hippos, I'm not sure there is a dollar amount. But uh. Crocodiles and hippos. I mean, I do. I have a lot of life to live. I hope. I do it for fifty k. Fifty. I don't even know what dollar figure I would take to do this. I, I mean, I mean this. You, you guys would do it for fifty k. I don't know that there is a dollar figure. Like when I'm just sitting around thinking about it right now, that I would be willing to take to do this. I mean, I know it would be at some point somebody would hit a dollar figure, but it's not going to be fifty k. Five hundred k. Five, I don't think I would do it for 500. I'm trying to think about what I would buy that I that I absolutely positively because to me immediately when you get the money you're thinking okay how is this going to change my life? 500k wouldn't change my life. I'm still going to be working. I'm still going to be uh, you know like in all I don't know how much money it would take to change my life. Like you guys are saying 50k, that's half a Land Rover. You're willing to, that's half a Range Rover. You're willing to give up your life for half a Range Rover? I don't know. I'm not willing, like, when you buy, 50K is, like, it's a nice round sum, but it's not like 50, like, you would spend the 50K and your life wouldn't feel that much different. What's interesting is this woman and her family paid to go in the canoe. Oh, yeah, of course. That's what I'm saying. Like, you are choosing. So that's why I was saying, if you put me in the raft in the faster part where there's no crocodiles, uh, 50K, but... To be in a canoe in the slower areas there where those hippos and crocodiles are hanging out, that's a million right there. That'd have to be one million. I just, I, I mean, they spent so what, much money. I mean, to, one million would even change your life a little bit, right? You'd take a year I, off. I don't think one million dollars would even change my life that much. Man. It's if, not like you can retire. Rich. I know. Wish we could all, all have it. Like, no, a million. A mil- <laughs> now, you guys are overvaluing a million. Like, if you have a million dollars, that's great. Well, we don't have to pay if, taxes on the money, do we? Yeah. Well, that we After tax guy always comes in with I mean, the, well, you have to pay taxes <laughs> on it or not? Like, if you're making a difference based on, ta- if you're making a choice based on taxes, the million dollars, like, you guys are all relative. Like, you're if you were 70 year- years old, I'd be like, okay, like, you've got enough money to last the rest of your life. A million dollars is not going to mean that you never have to work again, right? Like, I mean, if you if you have a million dollars, you can, let's say, best case scenario, you can make a comfortable 6.5% on that, all right, $65,000 without touching the principal. If you have kids and if you have a mortgage and if you've got obligations, like, I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of people who would say, yeah, $65,000 sounds fine, I don't think it's that easy to live on 65. I don't think so. In other words, to me, in order to change your life, you have to have a dollar figure where you're like, I've got enough money. I never have to. To me, it's like 10 million, $10 million. Like then you have plenty of money to do pretty much anything you want 
for the rest of your life if you get $10 million in a lump sum. A million dollars, I'm still showing up and doing my radio show. I'm still doing my writing. I'm still doing TV. Like, that doesn't really change my life very much. So, to me, $10 million might. So, maybe 10 million. Like, I just, but I'm not willing to risk my life for, I need to see the percentages. Like, what percentage of these canoes are getting flipped? I'm terrified by this. This is like my worst nightmare. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome back into Outkick, the coverage, the Geico Outkick Studios. You can save 15% or more on your car insurance just by checking out geico.com. We are joined now by Richard Sherman. Uh, He just got done playing in Seattle and uh, had an interesting homecoming. He's playing for the San Francisco 49ers this year. Um, How would you assess that experience going back to Seattle and playing uh, in front of your old home crowd? How did did that feel? What was the experience like for you? It was cool. It was cool getting to see, you know, all the the friends um, that I have there. Um, You know, the staff, obviously, I was really close with. Um, You know, Seeing the fans, you know, it's always great. Always get a lot of love in that stadium. Those fans have always been phenomenal um, over the years. And, you know, it's just unfortunate the game uh, didn't go the way we wanted it to. You know, guys, we didn't Are you a- like we needed to. But um, overall, you know, but... Were you? Uh, are you at any point? I know you're still uh, playing, but are you at any point in p- the time in your career where you're reflective? I mean, when you go back into the stadium to play in Seattle, uh, did it feel nostalgic? I mean, you know, you, as you age, sometimes you look back as much as you look forward. Do you feel yourself in that part of your career yet? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not quite there yet. Uh, you know, maybe in a few years I'll be point. Uh, where I take a big exhale uh, when I'm up with my cleats up. Um, and I say, man, you know, it's been some cool stuff there. You know, obviously, I have a home in Seattle and, and I go back there all the time, but I'm not I'm not quite at that point in my career yet. What uh, What do you think about the, the transition from Seattle to San Francisco? Obviously, the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo has made it hard to figure out exactly – what this team might have been like if they've been able to stay healthy at the quarterback position and elsewhere. What has it felt like to you this year playing for the 49ers? How has it gone from your perspective as you come up on the final four games of the year? Yeah, it's, been, it's been difficult due to injuries. Uh, you know, it's just been difficult in terms of getting in the rhythm um, and having continuity week to week, uh, especially with a young team. That's really important. So, um, Obviously, it's you know the, the the part I've been focusing on is just making sure my body is ready every week. That's something that's been really positive for me this season is that um, each week my body has gotten a little bit better and a little healthier and a little stronger, um, and that's something that I've I've taken taken solace in. Did you watch uh, Monday Night Football last night between the uh, between the Redskins and the uh, Eagles? Did you watch that at all? I did not get a chance to watch. So, yeah, so the Redskins now have had two quarterbacks with broken legs, uh, Alex Smith and now with Colt McCoy. They're down to Mark Sanchez. If you were running the Washington Redskins franchise, is there any doubt in your mind that you'd call Colin Kaepernick and get him into camp and see whether or not he can go for the final four weeks? Not, not if I'm making purely football decisions, no. Nothing, nothing. That any of these teams that have lost their starting quarterback would 
have done unless they have run an entirely complicated offense, and they'll think that bringing a quarterback in at this point would, would, would help them. But I think that the decision not to sign Colin Kaepernick isn't entirely football-related. I don't think it's related to football at all, because if you're making football decisions, you don't sign those other guys over Colin Kaepernick. You know, he has a his, at his peak, he's played better than every quarterback that's probably been signed in the last two, three months. However, he hasn't gotten the opportunity to show what he, we can, he can do. These, these quarterbacks have won and lost games and, and played up and down their entire careers. And um, I definitely think that he's been, he's been frozen out of the league. And, um, I think at this point it's become pretty obvious to everyone what's going on. When you see a guy like Reuben Foster, who obviously can have many off-the-field-related incidents, and the Washington Redskins are comfortable claiming him on waivers, but and maybe they'll change their mind maybe now that they've got two quarterbacks down, but they're not willing to go and pursue Colin Kaepernick. What does that say to you in your mind as an NFL player? It says that, that, um, that in some situations – Football decision outweighs um, the other issues, and in other situations, the football move, regardless of if it's the best move available, doesn't outweigh the other issues that they think are out there, or, or the other stances, or the other agreements that they have out there with other other teams. Because it seems like that's the only thing. Like they're not even most of these teams aren't even looking at it. Like Colin Kaepernick is an option at quarterback. Like is he it just f- went on 16 through a, 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 a thousand interceptions, and, and that's not the player he was. Is that frustrating as a guy in a locker room to feel like at times teams are willing to do whatever they can to get guys in the locker room and other times they aren't? I mean, it's, it's, it's more disappointing because that guy, he's a, he's a good player and he's a good person and he deserves to play. Um if the, if the guy has done something that just was morally wrong and just against the law, and you could understand, you could understand what why teams would shy away from saying they're shy away because and protest something that he believed in is is incredibly disappointing. Uh, All right, the reason why I'm asking you on the side of trying to think about management for a change is because you are doing something that I think is actually pretty cool, the fan-controlled football league. Uh, You and Marshawn Lynch both are fan captains and minority owners of uh, new individual teams. What does that mean? What are you guys going to do? What should I know about it? What I mean, we're big shots now. You know, know, we're team members. We we have to go to different meetings and and move in different – no, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, it's just a really cool concept that that I was interested in, and obviously Marshawn was interested in, and um, there are a few other co-captains that will be announced at a later time, but it's something that's really cool that allows the fans to get involved in, in making decisions um, regards to their team, all the way down to personnel decisions, um, logos, team names, even the plays that are wrong on the field, it's a throw over. I think that it it just gives fans something really cool, a cool concept, and it's in Vegas um, that I think will will be attractive and fun for the people to be involved in. 
Richard Sherman, will you send uh, Russell Wilson a Christmas card? Uh, will I send him a Christmas card? Yeah, uh, is he on the Christmas card I've list? I've done it in the eight years. <laughs> right. right. I don't think I've, I've received one or sent one uh, in quite some time. When's the last time you guys texted? Uh, well, years ago. Probably three, four years ago. Oh, actually, actually, after I after I got released, we texted a little bit. Okay, so uh, so when you went back to Seattle, did you guys have any interaction at all? Because a lot of the talk when you went back to Seattle was about uh, how you would interact with Russell Wilson and, and everything else. What would you say about your relationship with him now that you guys have played again, four games left in the season? What kind of relationship, if any, do you guys have? That's that's what people people. I mean, I I think I've already answered that question. People. People took it, you know, and went left with it because that's, you know, that's what sensationalism does. You know, it's like we're we're on the same team. You know, we we we, we interact. We we ship ship up um, before the game. Said hey, um, but I mean, at the end of the day, like any other job, you got coworkers, and it's like, hey, do you talk to every one of your coworkers and send them Christmas cards and, and beat up with them for drinks all the time? No, you know, you have guys that you're close with. You have guys that you talk to you all the time and then you have guys that that you don't communicate with as much you know it doesn't make you you're still teammates you still you know go for the same calls and and are out there but uh, i think people make a lot over nothing but you know i guess that's the way of the world now what about pete carroll do you miss playing for pete carroll in any way what was it like when you guys were rolling with pete carroll as your coach well pete's a pete's a real fun coach to play for he's just a real fun personality and always you know, optimistic and and, and playing jokes and, and pranks and things like that. Uh, you know, he's probably the youngest, whatever, 65, 66-year-old out there. Uh, and he, he's, a, he's, he's a good man. Richard, appreciate the time. Good luck with your uh, your new franchise and, uh, and hanging out in Vegas and hopefully winning some uh, championships as an owner. I can't wait. Thank you very much. That's Richard Sherman, uh, the newest owner of a pretty cool, uh, you know, new startup. I think honestly that will have uh, a lot of people talking as the season progresses. I'm Clay Travis. It's Outkick the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.